these might be some of the best taglines on the entire show. So already off to a great start. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Every searing page becomes a savage scene as the best-selling shocker sledgehammers the screen. Fuck it. All right. Already 10 out of 10. Yes, sir. Uh, Best-selling. Good for that. I didn't know that about the novel. That didn't come up in my research, but sometimes you got to go to the taglines for the good stuff. Maybe they just, you know, threw that in there, you know, whether it was true or not. Hey, you know what? (laughs) Fair enough. I just bought it hook, line, and sinking. All right. Uh, Thrill after thrill hits you where you feel it the most. Yikes. The testicles, I imagine. Yeah. (laughs) Well, for some of us, yeah. You're going to don a pair no matter what when you watch this movie. That's a good point. Yeah. That's my tagline. (laughs) (laughs) Prep your testicles. Borrow a pair if you need to. Uh, Here's the brutal story of a killer cop and the doe and dames he murdered for. Accurate. Oh, boy. Yeah. (laughs) Does he ever? Doe and dames, though. That sounds great. That's that's what we're all about here on the show. Uh, Wild trigger finger. A lust for big money. And a weak spot for fast blondes hurled him from the straight and narrow to a crooked one-way road. Wow, that sounds like a lot of heavy-handed metaphors all rolled up into one big punch. Yeah, that must have been like the entire poster on that one. (laughs) Hey, the story of a killer cop who used his shield for murder. Yeah. Spoilers if you just press play on an episode. Uh, So savage, (laughs) so stark, so vicious. It'll make your skin crawl. Oh, wow. I love that. They're trying to tell you right away. This is going to disturb you. (laughs) Absolutely. Hey, but you know what? If ever a picture was crammed with guts, this is it. That's a tagline or is it just saying that? That's my opinion, but that is also a tagline. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And finally, and, you know, also another, another stellar tagline. Dame Hungry, Killer Cop. Runs berserk. <laughs> that's, I think that's the one. Like that's the iconic one, the one that everyone remembers the most. Absolutely. Ahoy, hoy, Noiros! Welcome. Yes, that's right. It's back. You, you can't be free of it. It's out of the podcast. Breaking off a fresh episode. Check this out. Cheers. Cheers. That's right. I like what you got going, too. <laughs> I like how it especially disappears with the background. So you're just yeah. drink, drinking a mystery, as you should it's, be. It's it's magical. Well, you're magical. Gentleman Joey is here to say thank you for joining me, my special magical guest, <laughs> David Willens. Welcome to the That's show. Me. Well, thank you for having me. It's uh, you know, a long-time listener, first-time caller really excited about this well thank you for calling i picked up the phone which i rarely do i ignore most every phone call and i don't have like a voicemail i just let it ring and ring and (laughs) and people remember that kind of patience that they had forgotten in this day and age they're like i'm I'm gonna get him i use my rotary turning finger to dial him (laughs) and usually i say no 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 but you had a special ring that i just had to pick up oh and boy howdy did you deliver like a (laughs) Like a phone call mailman. Nice. Yeah, right? You did it. <laughs> All right. I did what I could. 
Well, thank you so much for, for joining me, for, for calling, as we said, um, and for, for the listeners out there. Why don't you go ahead and tell us, you know, how you got into film noir, maybe some of your favorite films, uh, anything else that may come up with as the inspiration hits you? Sure. So um, as, a, as a little kid, I remember my parents, when I was like five years old, sit me down and we watched Chiller th- uh, Theater on mm-hmm. Saturday nights, which was one of those programs where they showed all that are horror films. So I was I was hooked right away. I wasn't scared, five year old me. <laughs> and so I took took on to that, and I just was fascinated by, by movies all the you know all my life, and was always happy to watch the four o'clock movie in the afternoon, whatever it was, westerns or Blackula or whatever. And but by the time you know I was a, a, a burgeoning adult, I was well even before that in high school, I was like, I knew that I was to be entrenched in cult cinema, mm-hmm. and in that is film noir because film noir traipses on the dark corners of of humanity absolutely like like nobody's business and <laughs> i guess i guess it's just like horror even though they're, they're not the same that attracted me and i can't remember exactly my whole film noir thing but i know about being aware of it and becoming more and more into it and more and more schooled in it to the point where um you know i sought out a lot of stuff you know when the when the films of anthony mann came out on vhs i was all over it and stuff like that and you know, later on in life, when I was like writing about film in uh, in the 2000s, I got to actually write about some film noir, including the film the film we're going to uh, talk about. Oh, excellent. So you definitely have. Is it out there? Can people find it? Your old uh, writings, specifically this one? Yes. From about 2005 to 2010, I wrote for a, a, an arts monthly for the film section of an arts monthly called The Brooklyn Rail. OK, that's right. Get out your Googling fingers and, and try to find that and, and see uh, how his opinion may have changed or it's enhanced. Indeed. Yeah, no, enhanced was probably like more like. I wonder, you should have looked back at it and seen uh, how you felt about it then and how you feel about it now. I mean, obviously, I, I'd imagine you see a movie like this and you're just kind of all in right from the bat. I'm showing my cards now, but this is just such a fun ride. Yes, that's that's exactly right. Well, that's why um, I suggested this one, because it's become probably one of my all-time favorite film noirs it'll be throwing this one on for people more often now that i've seen it it was such a fun ride it's quick you know it's like 82 minutes i believe or something like that yes do you remember when you first saw this film yeah so what happened was we were uh the my editor at the brooklyn rail and i were both going to tag team on some reviews for this awesome you know this place in new york city called the film forum Mm -hmm. you might have been there yeah yeah so the in 2006 i think they did this amazing B noir series. There was like, I don't know, it seems like there was like a hundred films in there. Okay, whatever. So we were like, we didn't even go, you know, usually you go to the press people at the venue and like give us screeners. We even do that. <laughs> I went to this place called Kim's Video, which had all the cult stuff, and I just picked a bunch of the titles that I knew about. And this was one of the titles I picked because Edmund O'Brien is in it. It's a good title. And, you know, that that picture of him looking all, all mean with a gun and gun in one hand and money in the other you can judge this book by its cover absolutely you really, from title to poster to everything like it, it's all there no one's lying to you on this one yeah and so of all the the films that i chose to review that i that i watched for the first time this just blew me away because right from the get-go it's so vicious it never lets up the whole time yeah like you said like the whole journey is just like it's really mean and then there's things that like so you know, out of the, what's the word I'm looking for? 
Um, batshit crazy, really. <laughs> <laughs> great, great script. Great. I'm sure the novel is great. You know, great dialogue. Yeah, everything. that's one for the book club to get back to us on. But yeah, let's let's get into this bad boy. So we are at episode 109, Shield for Murder. Obviously, we're talking about the badge, folks. There's only one kind of murderous shield out there. Uh, so this was released September 1954 from old Aubrey Schneck Productions and distributed by United Artists, directed by, well, co-directed by Edmund O'Brien himself yeah. and Howard W. Koch, two first-timers in the director's chair, did a fantastic job. We got a screenplay from Richard Allen Simmons and John C. Higgins, and of course that's based off the 1951 best-selling novel, <laughs> <laughs> Shield for Murder, by William P. McGivern, you know this guy. He wrote Odds Against Tomorrow, the big he, yeah. He's the one. So, of course, you can trust this right off of that, too. And um, gorgeous cinematography from Gordon Aville as well. Just uh, everyone killing it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, good good way to start. Uh, really interesting, too, how this movie begins. There's no credits for like two minutes, which for this time is unheard of. You know, usually you're getting the full hey, here's everyone, here's the production designer. Now let's let this story unfold. Oh, yeah, I didn't even realize that. That's and another thing is that this is a widescreen film, and uh, so they were finally about this time making the transition. But you think of classic noir, and they're all Academy ratio around there. Sure. And you're right. All the ones usually start with the beginning credits. This is widescreen, opens up right away with a story. And for 54, I mean, that's that's pretty good. That's, you know, yeah. we're, we're moving along. Um. And this sucker is hard-boiled. So we got Edwin O'Brien, who you probably know from DOA, The Hitchhiker. Mm. You know, usually in those roles, like he was kind of like a scared guy, which he uses to great effect here as well. But it's a dangerous kind of scared. Like it leads to dead bodies. Um, the film is very scathing against the cops. And um, yeah, O'Brien's just like sweaty and out of shape the whole time. But he's still got that energy that you love. Like, it's fantastic. It's funny you should mention that he was out of shape because he apparently had this problem where one part of his career he was getting, having trouble getting work because his weight always fluctuated. Like sometimes he'd be a little overweight, sometimes he'd lose it. So he had a, he went to rough patch facility because of that. I have the same problem. I understand completely. So you know what? <laughs> Justice for Edmund O'Brien and his waistline. He uh, <laughs> he does a great job no matter how much his poundage is. So in this, he's police officer Barney Nolan. And uh, instantly he he gets this, there's a, you know, a bookmaker, a bookie, and he uh, just is like, hey, I heard you got a fuck ton of money. It's $25,000, which, of course, you know, adjusted for inflation now, it, it's a whole lot more. It, it's tons of money. It's a good take. Yeah. So he's like, don't mind if I take this. And then murders him. This is pre-credits, everybody. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, does like the classic cop, like, oh, hey, well, stop resisting. Shoots into the air and uh, is like, yeah. cool. I got away yeah. with this. Life is good. Yes, after the guy's dead, stop or I'll shoot. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> it, this movie really just like goes there and tells you all those things that we know now. But for 1954, I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. I mean, really, you made this movie now. I would still be pretty impressed by the content and what you're willing to do. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, he's on a gravy train with biscuit wheels. He thinks everything is working out. But of course, there's a witness. Someone's got to look at this. And it's not just us. It's also a, a man who has been robbed of uh, the, the gift of speech and hearing, but um, he sees everything and he's a got... mute witness. That's right. Yeah, I guess he's not deaf. He can hear because he heard him go like, yeah. hey, stop. Yeah, it's true. Wonderful penmanship. 
just a classic perfect witness for this kind of thing. I forgot his name, but he's good. Yeah. The actor, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Or even just what was his name in the movie? The the cast is it's an it's an incredible cast. They're not all necessarily, you know, leading people or super famous, but they're all talented and you know, you've seen them in other great stuff. Television mostly. Yeah, a lot of that too. I mean, you got Morticia Adams popping up in here. I mean, that's a pretty and big oh, deal. a memorable um, turn by by uh, what's her name, Carolyn Jones. Carolyn Jones, yeah, she's also known as Morticia Adams. Yeah, she's great. So she uh, she plays a, you know a blonde drunk woman. You know, we got to have these in these movies. Uh, yes. Comes along at the right time, and she's a lot of fun. She also has a bruise, which comes up in the movie, which you know you can't help staring at. Wow, I don't know if it was real, but it was good bruise makeup. If not, like shout out to. 50s makeup if so or her just willing to be like you know what right let's right. do this or maybe someone grabbed her you know edmund o'brien grabbed her so hard and was like we got to write this thing in here who knows he, he was he was method acting that's right <laughs> maybe yeah he's in the zone you're gonna listen to the director even if it's a co-director you nailed it he was definitely in the zone and that's why i love edmund o'brien because you know he was always channeling it a hundred percent like I'd say a thousand percent, actually. I'm never disappointed with any of his performances, and I still have plenty of Edmund O'Brien movies to watch. But uh, I'm I'm just always happy to see him, and uh, they've always been different. Like the last one I watched was The Girl Can't Help It, which he's in. Oh, so good! And he is just hilarious in that movie. And it's like, wow, he could be funny too. So there's so many sides to this guy. He was really just, I mean, you know, he won an Oscar, so he's not underrated, but right, he, he could have been more rated. Stop worrying about his weight. Get him off the scale and get him to set, please. That's it. Yeah, that's right. Um, And he is just a plus scumbag in this entire movie. He's getting away with it. He's got a partner, which is like someone who he like took off the streets when he was like a shitty young kid and was like, hey, this is how it's done. He really presents himself as like a caring guy. And, you know, maybe he is for the longest time. But at this point of the film or his story, he's just like completely worn out, just burned by the job he's got a great people are awful monologue at one point towards the end uh yeah where yeah it's, it's like he's just like i uh i hate people it's a whole speech it's great <laughs> for 16 years i've been a cop patty for 16 years i've been living in dirt and take it from me some of it's bound to rub off on you you get to hate people everyone you meet i'm sick of them the racket boys the strong arms the stoolies the hooligans i'm through with them all Maybe this jam I'm gonna turn out for the best after all, Patty. I think that's a thinly veiled subtext of the movie is that he you you get the sense that he really did try to go for the American dream the old fashioned way, and he was just completely disillusioned to the point where he's like, Look, everyone is corrupt. Why won't why won't why shouldn't I be? As long as he wasn't killing people, do what you gotta do, my friend. But unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. he left a couple too many bodies. That's gonna have some trouble. Yeah. Yeah, cross that line. He seems to be like a pretty caring guy. He's got his girlfriend. This is uh, Patty Winters, who is played by Marla English. Does a great job. I believe her first film as well, right? Oh, is it? Was this her debut? It was her first first movie. She was 19 at the time. That's it's a pretty big starring role for her. Ah, uh, this was her first credited, credited role. Everything. You're right. Everything else were bit parts. Yes, absolutely. Second build. So that's that's not too shabby. She's great in this. And he wants a better life for her. Like he gets her a job at a nightclub, but she's, you know, becoming a cigarette girl. She's dressing a little sexy. She's yeah. checking out her butt in the mirror. Uh, <laughs> and he don't like that. He's like, hey, c- come on. No way. I tried to, I wanted you to get her a, a nice job and you, you got here all decked out. I can't have that. 
1954 male chauvinism rears its beautifully ugly that's head. That's right. And then it's a compliment <laughs> afterwards. He's like, let's go to this 1950s starter home that's like already furnished. Right. Um, this is our dream. This is what it's all about. So it's uh, it's looking good. He's like, hey, pardon me real quick. I just got to take care of something. <laughs> Buries the money in the backyard. And then also I have a question for you because there's a scene as this is happening in the movie. He does the classic throws his hat on the bed. And they're like, oh, oh, that's bad luck. Right. So my question is, do you think all of this would have worked out until that scene? Like, do you think he would have got away with it? Is that where it turns? Is superstition real? Oh, man. That's a, you know what? That's a really good point. I think that something, he would have done something else to mess up. But I think, I think, yeah, just like Drugstore Cowboy, it's, you know, it is, it is a signifier. It is sort of something, you know, the, well, here's the thing. Film noir, as we know, is very much about fatal it's fatal fatalistic you know mm -hmm. once you get that corruption you're doomed no matter what how you 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 uh, slice it but in this case having that sort of cultural superstition there is a signifier that hey you know and it's very it's very interesting to point it out because this is a really nice dramatic device mm -hmm. because you know you could just not have that and the story would be like missing a little bit of nuance and it connects three of my favorite things which is now this movie Drugstore Cowboy, which thank you for bringing up. Yeah. And Deadwood. That's yes. like the three greatest things. So keep throwing hats on those beds. <laughs> I love it. It's, yeah. it's a sign of quality in a film, but it might have turned things a bad way. Yeah. So the cops are pretty suspicious. His partner is like, I don't think he did it. I love this guy. He really turned me around. It couldn't be him. All I right. know him like the back of my hand, clearly. <laughs> um, but they're like, we got to look into this. There's a crime reporter as well who's like, I've seen this guy around. He sucks. Like, are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't see what you guys see. I see like the truth, not that like, you know, cop rosy glasses that you guys have on. So they're looking into it. And there's also some private detectives looking into it. And I just want to shout them out. They, they were a very fun duo. They're I would love a smidge more of them. Uh, they just got a real like patter and they're just like complimenting each other. Yes. Uh, Claude Akins is one of them who we know from TV. I forget what shows he's in, but that's the guy you see and you're like, I know that guy. And he's in a lot of films. And I he forget was Sheriff him. Lobo. Uh, right. Everyone's favorite. And I forget who the other guy is, but um, Joey, when they came on and, and just the whole way they are throughout the movie, did it? Or did it not slightly remind you of the big combo with Lee Van Cleef and that yes, other guy? Yes, yes. Were like, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I like those kind of duos. Those like you know, kind of pieces of shit, but they love each other. You know, like <laughs> I would love just a film noir of that. Or like Bruce Glover and that other guy in that James Bond movie. Ooh, very nice. Yeah, same kind of same kind of duo. That's a, yeah, that's a good point. So, at one point, we're basically coming to. <laughs> In many ways, what this entire episode is going to be about, <laughs> you know, it's coming. So there's like a punk kid that comes in and he's kind of there to show, you know, that Edmund O'Brien's not such a bad guy. And also like the, his partner guy is like he went through a similar story. The punk kid was like shoplifting. He's like, hey, don't do that. Come to me next time you think you want to shoplift. Here's a couple of bucks. Hey, get out of here. And then the cop that was going to like, you know, do the paperwork on him. He's like, you need me here. And he's like. <laughs> Enjoy this sound clip, everybody. You coming on or off duty? Off. All right, go home and beat your wife. <laughs> it was incredible. I mean, I fell out of my chair that I did this time. I, I, I forgot it because it's been so long since I saw it the first time. And I was like, wait, wait. I, that's what he said, but let me check. Is that really what he said? I rewound it so many times. I'm like, maybe he meant to say, 
be with your wife and he said it too fast but no matter it's, how it's you, so how clear you, like he he enunciates yeah, he said it you perfectly be, go home you be yes. your wife yeah go home be your wife i told you guys this is real life scathing on police officers they're not leaving <laughs> anything out it's a wild line um and it seems odd but in a way like i think it could be what he meant like he's that type of piece of shit he's hitting women later like that this might be what he's or well, that I guy feel, might yeah. just be a famous wife beater that cop who knows it could be or, or maybe it's just a way of saying hey look he doesn't really mean it like it's it's metaphorical he's like go home relax you know get mad at your wife or whatever that's right hey, i i i have no idea <laughs> the old metaphorical wife beating of course exactly if you're gonna do it keep it metaphorical that's all i can say however joey the way that he treats everybody including um the the, the love of his life and women that pop into his life I don't know. Maybe he's completely sincere about beating people up. Absolutely. He's not a good guy. He tries to be. I mean, I'll give him that much. You know, like, yes. he's, he's not all the piece of shit, but he's really having fun with uh, with what he's doing. Yeah, it's great. Uh, the pressure's on. Packy Reed, which is the guy, the gangster he stole the money from, which is a great gangster name, by the way. Packy Reed, <laughs> shout out to that. Yes, absolutely. He, he, and he's a good time, too, even though he's you know, everyone's kind of briefly in this movie, but again, it's 82 minutes, so you, you take what you can get. Yeah. But Hugh Sanders, Packy Reed, did a great job. He's like, can I please have my money? Like, eh, that'd be nice, if, if you wouldn't mind. <laughs> and uh, so he's like, all right, let's see what we can do. There's, of course, yeah, we talked about that scene with Morticia Adams. When that whole thing comes to a head, you know, there's some people looking for him. Yeah, the, the two uh, nefarious, uh, the combo detectives. Our guys, yeah, who just get this unfortunate but beautiful pistol whip beating that they just play for for the full horror. It's great, Joey. I gotta tell, I gotta tell you when I first saw this movie when I was you know gonna review it, I I didn't I didn't remember the beat your wife line, but I n- never forgot that scene. I was just as shocked as the way they shoot that is so great too because they're in this restaurant. And it's like an Italian guy and a woman running it or something. Yeah, everyone's too drunk to be there, you know. Yeah, and, and, and Carolyn is the floozy of the neighborhood, and those guys come in looking for him, and he goes, like, he basically walks right up to them and beats them up with with a pistol, and it was so shocking. Yeah. It really, like, I was like, wow. So that sort of cemented my love for this film. They show so many horrified faces, but yes. I also want to give a special shout-out to the guy who's horrified but keeps eating his spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> I, I promise everyone I will make a gif of this because it, it is so delightful. Because he is too. He's like, oh God. Ball, ball, ball. <laughs> just a great shot. Love it so much. Um, but yeah, it, it this movie is just so brutal and violent. I mean, it is like a hard boiled noir, but it doesn't shy away from the horror of that violence. Like it's bad that this guy got killed. Later on, when the mute witness is trying to, you know, tell his story, he's he couldn't see anybody, but he saw every you know the actions of what happened, but he couldn't see a face. He goes to the police station and, of course, unfortunately runs into Edmund O'Brien. He's like, yeah, I'll take care of this for you. Yeah. Meets him at his place and um, he ends up killed. It's an accidental death, but it's dead nonetheless. But he he wrote a full witness account of what he saw. You know, he's he realizes that Edmund O'Brien is the murderer. Yeah. And he like kind of backs away from him. Like he ends up dead. He gets pushed and ends up dead, you know. It was an accident, but I mean, if the accident didn't happen, if the accident hadn't happened, Edmund O'Brien probably would have killed him one way or the other. 
Yeah, honestly, this was the best way to go. Other than, I mean, he probably would have still thrown him down the stairs, just you know, alive. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then he makes a big mistake. He doesn't doesn't look around, doesn't realize that there's that note. No, like he doesn't realize that. Like I think even too when he first met the guy, he wrote him. He saw the note that was like, "Hey, I saw something." So he's aware that this is how this guy communicates. But he's in such a rush. He's got everyone after him. You know, you could forgive him for forgetting that uh, he should probably check this out. But his partner comes and looks into it and uh, he finds it. He's like, oh, yeah, duh, look for this notebook. Yeah. And this notebook has, again, beautiful penmanship from this guy. Yes. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to be like a professional handwriter, this you're going to make sure it looks pretty good. Your cursives <laughs> are good. You're crossing your T's, dotting your I's. Fantastic job. But that cursive got him killed, unfortunately. But this guy, the partner guy, he's he's totally on it. Uh, Mark, right, is his name? Is that Mark Brewster, I believe? Yes, played by John Agar. Yes. A classically wooden uh, leading man, but always, you know, welcome to the screen. You needed a block of wood for that part, though. You know, yeah, right? exactly. It, you don't need someone who's going to take away too much, who's a little more by the book. Uh, he, he did a great job for everything that he was supposed to do. Agreed. So everything's falling apart mark is now like i'm on to you dude like i believed you until this guy turned up dead and now obviously <laughs> i don't like you anymore uh and he's he pulls out a gun on him but barney of course is like i know what i'm doing i'm killing it pun intended motherfucker. Yeah. and uh he's he knocks the gun out of his hand and he's about to kill him but he's like all right i actually do like you maybe i could stop killing and just give you the old pistol whip you know that's my specialty that's right <laughs> It doesn't always have to kill. Sometimes it can knock out. I mean, I'm sure he didn't kill the, the two guys, but that's right. Maybe. I mean, he was really wailing on him. Yeah, it was very traumatizing. I don't want to be pistol with It looks painful. Yeah. My friend was in a movie once and he said uh, some guys were arguing and one guy turned around and pistol up the other guy. Oh, wow. And uh, everyone was <laughs> pretty soon later and everyone ran away and the lights came up. I hope they got to take them. I got you know. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they needed a pistol whip shot. <laughs> Otherwise, that's, that's terrible. So Patty is like, hey, I'm your girlfriend. What's going on here? And yeah. like, yo, we got to get out of here. Uh, why don't we take a, a little trip? I got a couple bucks. And Patty's like, I don't, I don't like this. And also, I've been talking with Mark. Mark says probably should stay away from you. And uh, <laughs> well, I'm going to give you what I gave Mark. He slaps her. Yeah. And you're like, well, I've already, you know, this guy's already been murdering. So it's not like I just lost my favorite character. <laughs> it's just fully adds to it. He beat his wife to be. That's right. He, he gave the heads up to, you know, in the movies, like, look, I beat wives. I tell other people <laughs> to beat wives. So it's going to happen. But she didn't know this until now. And she's yeah. like, oh, I don't, I don't really like that. So uh, why don't we do this? Mark recovers and he's like, oh, shit, we got to get this guy. Also, Cabot, police reporter. You're on this, too. We we don't want you to have to report this, but it's going to look worse if we don't. Like, right. They're, they're basically, it was just like, shit, we have no other choice. This guy's making us look bad, but we got a psycho out there. So let's go ahead and, and go after him. And Edmund O'Brien's really good about staying on top of this. He's like, oh, I'm a cop. I know how to find out if cops are looking for me. You know, he goes to the, uh, the little radio. What do they call those? The little booths. The, like the dispatch? Yeah, the dispatch where, you know, you, you can use your little policeman's key to open it up and phone on in. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're looking for this guy. He's like, oh, cool. 
<laughs> so he uh, he puts on a police a, a patrolman's uniform and is able to go undercover that way. He's hiding in plain sight, basically. It's great. Yeah. Especially, you want him to be a little tubbier now because he's, like, ill-fitting in this uniform and everything. <laughs> like, it really adds to the desperation. He's going back to his, you know, formative days as a beat cop. It's 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 really, a, in, I thought it was a really clever way to, you know, to wrap everything up. Yeah, and he was earlier threatened, too, of, like, oh, you want to be a beat cop? And he's like, nah. Right. I, I like doing what I'm doing, but now... He's regressing. Everyone's progressing and regressing. It, it, there's a lot of layers to this movie. Um, I, I highly recommend you check it out. It's a lot of fun. There's, there's stuff there, too. You know, it's more than just a roller coaster ride. Yes, sir. So they're like, hey, let's do a, a little money meetup. And so they're like, all right, we'll do an exchange at a high school locker room later on. You also get um, he's like hiding out at this guy who's like going to school at nights. And it's the producer from the Dick Van Dyke show. What? The guy who played the producer. Oh, okay. <laughs> I instantly was like, who the fuck is that guy? Because it's him that I was like, who is that? And then um, yeah, there's uh, Stafford Rep is in this movie. In That's debut. right, from Batman. The, the Chief police, O'Hara, uh, yeah. Police chief. Yeah, Chief O'Hara. Stafford yeah, so. Rep well, has an interesting career as well. Absolutely. So there's been like, a, there's a lot of fun people that pop up in this. You could just be psyched on that alone. But they're like, go to this or to the high school locker room. And I got to tell you, you've already been having so much fun with this movie. <laughs> this thing is nuts. It's it, it's just a it's not even the last shootout. It's the second to last shootout. It's in a locker room and then it extends into the pool. And there are so many innocent victims. They're just pushing people. Yes. People are getting shot. I love this one guy. He's like hiding on the diving board. <laughs> and then it looks like when he finally decides to like jump into the water to hide, he gets shot as well. It, it's just violent and, and beautiful and very unique as well. Yeah, I thought it was quite ahead of its time for 1954. Absolutely. In that moment, it kind of reminded me of uh, Eastern Promises, just as far as like violence oh, and, okay. in a vulnerable way. Yeah. But I would say what a, would be a good double feature with this one is Bad Lieutenant. It really reminded me <laughs> like a lot of that. You could easily have a good time with those two. Yeah, that's that's really uh, that's an out of the box sort of a pairing. I like it. That's what we do here on the show, my friend. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Yes, sir. He's able to get away, though, actually, from this whole thing. He, you know, he does a fake out with this money handoff he's supposed to do. It's just a bunch of cut up newspaper. Yes, the classic uh, bait and switch. So he runs, he goes off to his special little starter home. And obviously the cops are all waiting for him there. Yeah. But he's like, now nah, I'm going to kill a couple more cops before I'm done <laughs> with this thing. Shoots a few, makes it into the house, gets his cash. But naturally it ends with a classic death by police officer, suicide by police officer who uh, he shoots at, he must have taken out one or two, but they just completely brutalize him with bullets. And uh, that's the end of Edmund O'Brien. Edmund O'Brien. And and this time around, seeing that ending reminded me of one of my all-time favorite films. I don't know if you've seen it, called The Harder They Come, starring Jimmy Cliff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It ends similarly. Very similarly, yeah. Very much so. There you go. Another, it's a triple feature right there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But that's the movie. It's a hell of a good ride. Yeah, I just have so much fun with this. Uh, what would you give this out of at a rating of 10? Oh, I would give it um, 10, 10. Absolutely. Yeah. 10 pistol whippings. If I, you know, if I'm going like as far as like, all right, let's I analyze this movie. I would say like, you know, 
out of all movies, I put it like 8.9 out of 10 unharmed wise. But as far as like for fun and like I'm putting this thing on and like, hey, here's a great film noir. Like if you want to try it out, uh, it, you know, it's an 82 minute brisk ass joyride, 10 out of 10. So you got two ratings for me. on. You you got a good point because it's for me personally on a personal level, completely personal level. It's a, it's a 10 because like I said, at first it blew me away. I love stuff that's really gritty and that's really kind of dark and and also out of left field like you know we talked about the 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 beat your wife line and the pistol whipping scene and and everything there's how the finale just explodes from the swimming pool to you know all the cops shooting him uh spoiler alert and um so on a personal level it's very much in my wheelhouse but on like a, a like you said uh in the great um scheme of things let's say comparing it to you know the third man or yeah or um sunset boulevard or whatever now this was definitely a be noir they didn't have those resources so yeah maybe you would scale it down to an eight point whatever i'd still want to keep it high because it is a great film like even yes. beyond the beat it's a but great if you're film. looking at a list of bees i would put this like pretty much at the top if not the tippy top like yeah it's re- it just got everything i'm looking for in the film it's great and the, the sad part is kino put this out but it, it's it's out of print at the moment oh Maybe. no Hopefully there's a 4K coming or something. Oh, well, probably not. But they they put out on Blu-ray, right? Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't have any bonus features, I'm guessing. I don't think so. I didn't. I unfortunately was unable to watch the Blu-ray of this. No, but... I didn't get the Blu-ray. Yeah, me neither. Um, I would have. I was trying. Yeah. <laughs> but hopefully, you know, we could add a little, uh, some more eyes to this movie. You can find it for sure. Absolutely. I'm, I'm sure it's on YouTube and. You know, certainly it is on YouTube. It. it is on YouTube. Yeah. And if you do some good work, I mean, I found a 1080p rip, so you know, it's out there. There you go. So even if you need it, email me. Maybe I could point <laughs> you in the direction. You know, but yeah, no, just had a lot of fun. Um, not a ton of fun facts on this one, unfortunately, just because you know it's a it's a B movie. But well, um, yeah. What do you got? I wonder if you have what I have. I probably have the same thing that you have. Go ahead, keep going. Well, originally I got Dana Andrews was was wanted for the leading role. Okay. But it wasn't meant to be. Uh, Howard Koch was just a producer at first, but when they went to Edmund O'Brien, he was like, I, I want in on this. Originally credited as a production advisor, but then later was announced as co-director. Okay. And Howard Koch made oh, some interesting pictures as well, didn't he? I'm trying to remember what else he made. I'd imagine so, yeah. I don't have his filmography, unfortunately. <laughs> Uh oh, okay. This he is an interesting guy. Look, just listen to some of these titles. After Get Shield for Murder as a director, Big House USA, mm-hmm. Untamed Youth, which is a great band named after I, I guess, which That's sounds right. like a, a, a juvenile delinquent movie. Jungle Heat, yeah, The Girl in Black Stockings, Frankenstein, nineteen seventy, and that was made in nineteen fifty eight. <laughs> um, and and his last film is director badge uh, three seventy three from nineteen seventy three. I don't know what that is, but it's I would look. I would I would I would want to watch that. Full circle, yeah, yeah. And um, uh, what's his name? Aubrey Shank, who did produce it uh, in Wikipedia. They have him quoted as um, what did he say? According to producer Aubrey Shank, the film grossed a lot of money. You wouldn't believe how much on television. It's made a fortune. I do believe it, Aubrey. I'm sorry. Yeah, I do believe it. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I like I like the cut of this guy's jib. Yeah, <laughs> he produced um repeat performance too. I saw. Oh, I have, I don't I think I've seen that yet. Oh, it's a good time. You, you would enjoy I think. It. You, did you talk about it on the show? 
We did cover. It. Yeah, it's a good uh, New Year's film too coming up. So. I think I, I listened to that. Yeah, there right you on. Go. Um, otherwise, just yeah, everyone's on a TV show that was in this. You got Sheriff Lobo, Morticia, <laughs> Chief O'Hara. You know, Chief O'Hara. Yeah. yeah, it's a, it's a good crew, honestly. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, you got all these adjusted for inflation. That house is basically like a million dollar house. Mm-hmm. You know, all the good stuff. Castle Heights Tract Homes is what it's called. <laughs> uh, Castle Heights is an actual Los Angeles neighborhood. And uh, at the time it was up and coming. And now it's it's just coming or it's up. I don't know. It's here or it's, or it's gone. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Goodbye. <laughs> but that's all I have for this wonderful film. Other than to say, run, don't walk. Do an Edmund O'Brien run as yeah. he's known to do. Sprint your ass to a computer, I guess. And uh, check it out. Right on. Thank you so much for this incredible pick. Oh, my my pleasure. I'm I'm really glad that you uh, cottoned to it and, and enjoyed it as much as I did. I think you knew I was going to like it. Uh, <laughs> we've been talking. We have a lot of uh, similar tastes, especially musically as well. So yes, sure. That's a person I can trust right there. So thank you so much. Right, right back at you. I appreciate the boomerang. I caught it. I'll keep it <laughs> for next time. I need to throw it at you, sir. Uh, do you have any plugs you'd like to plug? I know you're a busy guy, again, musically and also with your, your film work. Sure. So um, I am a regular on a podcast called The Heavy Leather Horror Show, and we talk about horror movies there, and it's a lot of fun. I don't know if you've uh, checked it out yet, uh, Joey, but I think, you know, we're in the same kind of wavelength, just different genres. I have checked it out. It's a wonderful show. Thank you very much. So you can find that where you find all your, your fine podcasts. And um, yeah, what else? Um not sure what else to plug right there. Oh, you know, I'm I'm all, I'm there on the Facebook. I got a bunch of Facebook groups. If you want to check out groovy music from the from the 60s, 70s, and 80s from Asia, it's all you know pop music, but with the Asian you know, twist. Excellent. Asia a go go. And then you want to check out my movie group, Cinema Duh, where we talk about you know anything movies. And then uh, what else do I got? Oh, I'm really into martial arts and martial arts movies. So there's the Martial Chamber. So look up all those groups on uh, Facebook. And uh, yeah, in my in my um, my day job is also in in the film industry. Shout out to jobs. Yes, yes. Sir. <laughs> well, shout out to the film industry. That's right. That's what that's 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 where it's at. We we we're film fanatics, so it all comes together. This is the job that made you so late. You were two minutes early, right? That's it. You know it. <laughs> Thank you very much for that uh, compliment. That's that the best way to be late. We've had some late guests on the show, myself included, but that, that's how it's done. <laughs> where you're like, whoa, send the time back. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, everyone. You can find uh, Instagram out of the podcast, uh, email the real out of the podcast at gmail.com. Rate, review, subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. What do they got podcasts? iHeartRadio, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. That's right. Can't forget about the good people at Google. <laughs> they, they could use some plugs. Yeah, right. <laughs> but thank you so much, David, for joining me and bringing this wonderful film. I, I hope you'll come back again and, and bring another gem. In a heartbeat. I got them all up my sleeve. So just let me know when and, and uh, I'll be there. Well, the weather is cold, so you need those sleeves. So I'm excited to see what you got up there. But in the meantime, my friend, raise our glass and we say, hey, here's the crime. Oh, cheers. <laughs> Ridding. <laughs>